from heaven will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I want you to, to draw your attention to the first, first sentence there. If my people, which are called by my name, let's go to the throne of grace one more time. Brother Joe, how about you praying? Amen. You'll be seated. We looked at this morning at the supposition of revival. And that first word, what was it? If. Again, may say, if you missed it, just look to your left here. If. My, what a word. What a word. Be very honest, I'm still pondering that word, even in my own heart, and saying if. If. Tonight, though, we want to move another step as we look and think about God doing something for our church. It's very real in these days of revival. March the 21st, we'll have Brother, Brother Finley, and, and I promise you Brother Finley will, will, be, will do well, and he's always a blessing to our church. But I said this morning, revival doesn't start because we have a series of meetings because we put revival on the sign, revival starts whenever a group of people decide to just obey what God has already said in His Word. So tonight as we look at first of all, if. Now I couldn't help but wonder this morning how many left today and missed God because if in your own life that you refuse to surrender to God. But as we think about the if, we must think about the ideal. Who does God look to to have revival? One thing for sure and certain, our land's in a mess. Our country's in desperate need of revival. We are on the verge of a moral, financial, definitely a spiritual and political corruptness beyond imagination. And even sadder, even sadder, there is, a, is an awesome spiritual apathy even amongst God's people, and that is so sad. However, history tells us something that's, that's amazing. History tells us that it is in these times, that it is in these hours, that God has sent some of the greatest revivals. The Great Reformation came during a time of Great Depression. And one of the reasons that it did was somebody would come in and set up a tent. Nobody had any money. Nobody had a job. Nobody had anything, barely surviving. Somebody would come in and put up a tent, and it was somewhere to go. And so they would go, and sure enough, they would preach, God show up, and then they would go home, and don't miss this, they, didn't, they couldn't cut on a TV or anything else or noise to, 
steal away what God had planted in their heart. Then they'd go to bed with him, wake up in the middle of the night, broken, crying, begging God to save them, begging God to do something. Because the reality was there was nothing to steal that away. Truth of the matter is, if I were to, and I won't, I won't, but if I were to say, how many can stand up and give me the three points I gave this morning? Some of you are thinking, boy, I hope he don't call on me. I don't want to be an illustration tonight. I wouldn't do that, but the truth is, most could not because just the business of the day has this way of stealing away that which God plants in our hearts. I told this story yesterday, and it has been so, so monumental. And it's such a, such a message. Jeremiah Lamford decided he wanted to pray, and it was amazing. He stepped in the middle of the Reformed church and during lunch, and he put up a sign, and, and it was amazing how God just began to move. First week, they were six. Second week, they were ten. Third week, they were twenty. By the fourth week, they were forty. Then they, he moved from one room to two rooms, and and gradually, it become what was so monumental about it. It became known as a uh, the hour of prayer. Everybody knew the hour of prayer was at twelve noon, and men and people were gathering everywhere. Soon, three thousand, and literally within a year, over a million souls were birthed into the family of God. My, what a, what a, what a, all because one man decided to pray. Tonight as we think about revival, where does it start? I see, first of all, in this, I see the genesis of response. Who is it God desires to send revival to? Let me say this. Many believe revival is for the lost. May I say this? Lost people being saved is a result of revival. Revival was never given to the lost. Let me ask you a question. If we roll someone up here in a casket and they're dead, can you revive them? Well, Kenny's got on his on his truck some some shockers, and he'd stick some shockers and turn it up to 400 jewels and rock you plumb out of the casket. Can he revive you? No, because you're dead in your trespasses and your sin. And here tonight, if you're lost without Jesus, you need to understand you can't be revived because you're dead. You say, preacher, I'm not dead. If you're lost without Jesus, you are. And you can't revive a dead man. The only thing that can help a dead man is the Spirit of God to quicken him and give him life. So it's not to the lost. It's not to government leaders. It's not to political leaders. It's not to the wealthy. It's not to the poor. May I say, first of all, this Genesis of response is a message to God's redeemed. If my people, 
which are called by my name. God comes along and he says, now I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about us who claim the name of Jesus Christ as our Savior. 1 Peter 4.17 says this, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? This is not about religion. It's not about the preacher's sermon. It's not about our opinion. It's about what God is telling us. God says, if my people who are called by my name, are you one of his people? Are you one of his? The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, I like this one, a peculiar people. Isn't it amazing? We just don't fit in this world. Someone said one time to me, he said, Preacher, you're a square. And it kind of hurt my feelings. That's back, you remember, well, some of you do. How many of you remember when it, when it was a, 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 a slang word to say, you're a square? How many remembers that? Praise God, I'm in good company. Some of you, some of you other people don't understand what that means. It means you're square. It means you was odd. Man, what a blessed day it was when I read the Bible and said there's a city for square. And squares fit in a square city. You know the reason I don't fit in this world? Because it's round. And a square, a square peg don't fit good in a round hole. Amen. And I want you to know tonight, hallelujah, we belong to God and we ought to live like we belong to God. We ought to be excited about belonging to God because we are His people. God says, if, and this if this morning was not given to the lost man that said here or the lost woman that said here, this if this morning was given you, let me just stop by here. Let me say this. I had one young boy come up and tell me, thank you. What happened to the rest of you? One little boy come up and thank me for the candy bar. Where's the rest of you young ones? So I'm going to give you an opportunity to redeem yourself. What you supposed to say? You're welcome. Gosh, I always have to teach them. Jessica, did you thank me? <laughs> Airhead. <laughs> we belong to God. God comes along and says, Who? Who am I looking to to have revival? Is he looking for the church member? Is he looking for the one that your name's on the roll? Is he looking for the one that says, I'm saved, but are ugly and wicked in their life? That's the one he said. Oh, no. He said, if my people 
which are called by my name. Revival is a biblical concept. God knows you and I. He knows us. And you know what God knows? God knows that you and I can lose our first love. God knows that our first love for him can grow cold. God knows that you and I can get weary in the well-doing. God knows that you and I can get comfortable and used to his blessings and his goodness. I was, me and Matthew was talking about this, and Brother Barry is so kind. And, um, and, and he, he was talking to me, and he said, man, he said, well, God's just been so good to you, and he's, he's blessed you. Man, you've got a great church. And he kept telling me that. And, and, uh, and you know, what, what so happens to us, we walk in and enjoy this every week. And what we fail to understand is God has been good to us. But because we sit every week, we're used to it. We, we know what it's going to be. We, we're, we're used to what God... We're used to walking to a fellowship hall and having a meal together. How many of you remember when we had to go to Longview? Have we forgotten that? Having to, get, having to drive all the way there and drag the stuff out. You had just a certain amount of time. What I want you to understand is this is a message... To God's redeemed. Psalms 85, 6, Wilt thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Isaiah 57, 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. With him also there is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humbled and to revive the heart of the contrite one. Habakkuk 3, 2. O Lord, I've heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. So it's easy. God knows you and I can grow cold in our walk with God. And many need a renewal. They need God to revive our hearts. It's a message for God's redeemed. But this Genesis response, it is motivated from God's grace received. My people, which are called by my name, do you understand? Do you understand? It is by God's good grace, you and I said here tonight, only by God's good grace, we said here tonight, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, Paul said. And apart from the grace of God, we would be lost and without Jesus as our Savior. Ephesians 2, 5. When we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace ye are saved. Alexander the Great once found out that one of his soldiers was named Alexander. And he had been proven to be a coward. He calls a man up to him and and he said, sir, what's your name? He said, Alexander. He said, okay, live up to it or change your name. God comes tonight to you and I and says, live up to it or change your name. Because revival starts. It's not about, it. it's not something to schedule in a church, even though we got a meeting schedule. But biblical revival happens when God's people follow God's plan so they can receive God's promise. 
when God's people follow God's plan so they can receive God's promise. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, As every man had received the gift, even so ministers the, the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. There's a lot of selfish grace, but very little stewarding grace. Many live with the attitude, I'm saved, but I don't need to go to church. I don't need to serve him. I don't need to, I, I don't need to do anything else. But the truth of the matter is, the grace that's been extended to us ought to motivate us to want to obey him and follow him and respond to anything he asks. I was at Hickory Chair Company, and I was in a job change, and I decided to stay with the company. One of the things I told my boss, man, I said, I'm staying, but don't you waste it. Boy, I see God as his grace has been poured out on us. And you know what God says? Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. So it starts with a Genesis response, but then it goes to something else. Real revival. If my people, which are called by my name, speaks of a genuine relationship. Since revival is dependent on God's people meeting condition, then it starts with a genuine relationship with God. Now, many claim a lot of religious badges. I'm a member of this church. You can be a member of Solid Rock Baptist Church. I do good to those that are poor. I help my neighbor. I do all these things. But the truth is, a genuine relationship the starting point is a new birth. One day a man by the name of Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, same came to Jesus by night, said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, we've allowed something to happen. We shouldn't have lied, but we have. We've allowed the politicians to take that word, being born again. We've allowed Hollywood to take that term, being born again. And we've allowed it to steal it away and demean what it means. That crowd's born again until they get in office. And then they just, they, they're meaning the devil. <laughs> Let me say this, tonight, this genuine relationship starts with a new birth. Nicodemus comes to Jesus, he's a religious man. By the way, Nicodemus was probably a better religious man than any of us sitting here. He said, Lord, how can a man be born uh, when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, that which is born is flesh. But that which is born of spirit is spirit. Here's what he's saying. Just like you have a new birth, you're born physically into this world. The Holy Ghost of God births you into the family of God. And it is a new birth. God comes along. He says, verily, verily, you must be born again or you will not see the kingdom of God. Revival starts, revival starts, and the starting point 
of a genuine, a genuine revival is this genuine relationship with the Lord. And his starting point is that I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Can I ask you a question? All right. Now I'm going to test you. Okay. Tammy, when was Elijah born? No. Okay. Miss April, when was your son born? Wow. Michaela, I mean, Rosemary, when was Michaela born? Isn't it amazing? Not a one of them said, well, I well, well. Trying to trick nobody. I don't do that. Isn't it amazing? They knew when their child was born. No questions. I know when Connie was born. She was born June the 10th, 1976. I, I had her out in the waiting room. I was sick as a dog. Might died when that young and came. I was so happy when she got here. Might, might died. I did, might died the whole nine months. It's awful. I don't never want to have another name. Amen. I wonder. I wonder. Can you tonight? Can you tonight stand up and give a testimony when you was born again? Can you stand up and testify when Jesus? Stepped into the middle of your heart and changed your life. Folks, I'm honest with you. We're playing church games and a genuine relationship starts with a new birth. Starts with a new birth. My people, my people, not only does it start with a new birth, Bible says in Acts 16.30, and brought them out and said, Search, what must I do to be saved? Praise God. What a question. Romans 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Tonight, if I was not settled 100%, grounded, sure of my salvation, I'd run to an altar. I'd stay there until I believe God saved me. Then there's a standard proposed. I, I go to the cleaners. When I go to the cleaners, I have to give them my middle name. Because there's another man down there named Jerry Steins, but he's a race car driver. And I'll tell you this much, I wouldn't let my wife wear what he wears. He wouldn't make a good shirt. Let's move on. But you know, I could get his clothes and I could put on his racing suit. He's a lot bigger than I am. I can tell by his suit. I could put on his racing suit. We have the same name. But that doesn't make me a race car driver. Preacher, I, I know I'm saved, born again, washed in the blood. But can I ask you a question? How have you treated those around you today? Have you, has the love of Christ poured out of you? Or truth of the matter is, you've just been wicked as all get out. 
How, do you, how, how have you lived for Jesus today? I, 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 I know Jesus is my Savior. Well, you got unforgiveness in your heart? You got bitterness and anger? Well, I'm honest with you, folks. We need revival. But one of the things that happens, God gives genuine revival. You need to hear me now. What's going to happen if we're seeking God and we're God's people? When, that's, when we start seeking revival, God's going to bring all that old junk, that old mess to the top. And he's going to look to us to do something with it. I told you this the other day. Brother, I, I'll be honest. God just helped me, just being honest about the matter. There, there had been, not, not lately, but several months back, you know, a fellow left, and, and I had made this statement, and I had made this statement. If he showed up, I'd ask him to leave. Boy, how God rung my bell, and I began to start praying for a revival in my own heart, and God started just, just, just trying me up. He said, son, we're going to deal with this thing. By the way, first of all, he don't belong to you. Number two, that's not your church. That's not your call. If he wants to come and he'll behave, he can sit on the pew like anybody else. I may want to put him back there one day. And I said, okay, God. So I turned that mess loose and hallelujah. If he walked in now, I'd welcome him. He could sit down on the pew. Now he'd have to behave. He'd have to behave just like we got to behave. But I'll tell you this much, he'd be welcome. I ain't carrying that mess around. Some of you are carrying that mess around and it's going, to, it's going to hinder your revival. If my people, there's a standard proposed. Wouldn't it amaze? I told you this other day and it's absolutely amazing to me. Wouldn't it be the Grammys were on the other night? Can you imagine someone staying home because they couldn't wear what they wanted to wear? Isn't it amazing? How do you know you're saved? Well, let me tell you how you can know. Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of... Here's the evidence of your conversion. Number one, we have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. Then the witness... You are a child of God. Your body becomes the temple of God and the Holy Ghost of God lives on the inside. D.L. Moody said this. He said, uh, uh, describing his uh, conversion, I was in a new world. The, new, the next morning the sun shone brighter, the birds sang sweeter, the old hymns waved their branches for joy, and all of nature was at peace. Not only does we have the Holy Spirit in us, but don't miss this. The Holy Spirit has you. He has you. It's not enough, but the Holy Spirit has me. And I have him. But he needs to have me. And that's what revival is. I said this morning, revival actually started at Pentecost. And that day, they surrendered themselves to the to the work of the Holy Ghost of God. And tonight, the only thing that hinders you and I from having genuine revival is allowing the Spirit of God to move through us and work through us. That stinking pride that says, I'll never tell her I'm sorry. I'll never tell him I'm sorry. I'll never ask her for... I'll never be honest with God. That's what hinders and grieves revival spirit. 
Because when we are willing to, to allow the Spirit of God to move us, it is absolutely life-changing. It's absolutely life-changing. Then there's a successful progress. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And they follow me. That's it. That's it. And they follow me. Bible says in Luke 6.46, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And so then God runs us right back here. Hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. God comes this morning, tonight. He moves our heart. And he says, I, I, I talked to you about your if this morning, but you ain't, you ain't done nothing with your if yet. There's some no doubt left this morning. Hell being, they're not moving on my if. I'm, I'm holding on to my if. I'm not going to give my if to God. I'm not. We sit in a meeting. You, you might have been in the meeting, Jeannie, up there at New Beginning Baptist Church. Brother Ralph Sexton preached his brains out. All the call was given. And they were looking to an old man that was in that crowd that was lost. And they was a praying and Brother Sexton was trying to get it. About that time, a little old ten-year-old girl. Daddy! Daddy! I'm going to hell, Daddy! I'm going to hell, Daddy! I'm going to hell, Daddy! He grabbed that little old girl and found a place in the altar. And that thing, wham! For the next month, they turned people away at the driveway and said, the fire marshal said, we can't put any more people in the building. And one after another after another. I wonder who that person is. I wonder that person is. You say, what, what, what would be the if? We were not ignorant. I want to ask you a question. Right now, in your heart, you got an old wicked bitterness towards anybody. God is my heart. God is my witness tonight. I don't have an ounce of bitterness against nobody. Not, not nobody in my, no, nobody, nobody in this world. Do you have an old anger, wicked bitterness towards anybody tonight? Can I ask you a question? What would it take for you to turn that thing loose? I remember Brother Howells preaching one day and he said he, he got sideways with a feller and said he was just all to pieces with a feller. 
his little girl had her tonsils taken out. And doctor come back in and he said, Dr. Hiles, he said, so we hate to tell you this, but you need to pray because if we, if something don't happen soon, this little girl's going to bleed to death. And he said, that man's face come back to clear as day. He went over to a phone. He, he tried everybody he knew to get a hold of that fella. He said, I fell in front of that phone. I said, God, if you if you give me opportunity, I promise you, if you'll touch my baby in there, I promise you I'll make that thing right. And the doctor said, we don't understand it, doctor. We don't understand it. But for some reason, it just stopped bleeding. And the next week, he called that fella. He said, sir, we need to meet. And the man said, yes, sir, we do. He said, he said, when can we meet? He said, I'll meet you anywhere, any place, any time. And they was going to agree to a certain church. Dr. Hiles got there and seen him walk in the back door. He started. About that time, the man come, and he fell, and he said, Dr. Hiles, I want you to know I'm so sorry. God just beating me to death. I'm just so sorry. My God in heaven, our stake in feelings is not worth losing revival over it. I don't care what it is. You can't afford not to get revival. Because of our stinking thinking, our feelings. My goodness gracious, I wonder tonight. I was called to jury duty, me and Audrey. And uh, that, ju- that lawyer asked her, well, he, they thought her out first, amen. Praise God. Don't feel bad now, but don't feel bad. I was closely second. But that attorney asked me a question that I will never forget. He was defending a lady that was charged for driving drunk. But she just barely blow .08. And she ran through a work zone. And it was his question. Preacher, Reverend Steins, Reverend Steins, do you believe drinking is wrong? Yes, sir. Reverend Steins, do you believe all drinking is wrong? Yes, sir. Do you believe one beer is wrong. Yes, sir. He looked at me. He said, now how in the world can you give a right judgment? How can you square that with what you believe? And he had me. Here's what he's saying. I'm going to defend her that she could drink a little and not be drunk, but you already believe that all drink is wrong. How can you square that? And so they said, hit the road, Jack. They thought me off. Can I ask you a question? How can you square it? How can you tonight say, boy, I love Jesus. I'm saved by the grace of God. But yet week in and week out, you'll rob God of what's rightfully his. How do you square that? How do you square that? How do you square that? 
If you say, I love, I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm washed in the blood, but I've got an all against my, my brother in Christ and I won't go get it right. Where if I had an all against him, I'd say, I, I'm, I'm saved, I'm born again, but I'm not going to get right with Bill Cashman. Me and Bill Cashman's right, aren't we? Getting ready to say, make sure you ain't got nothing. <laughs> how, how can I square that? How can I square that? How can, I, how can we square this thing if we've got an unforgiveness? Preacher, you don't understand what they've done. My goodness, when did they do it? 20 years ago. Turn it loose. Turn it loose. Forget it. Turn it loose. Because you see, if I have a genuine relationship here, sir, how do you square what you believe? If we believe we're saved, how in the world can we square it? The Lord comes to the church of Revelation, the Laodicean church, and he said, I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. The city of Laodicea didn't have no water supply. So they would go to Hippopolis, I can't pronounce it, but they had, they had hot water, boiling water, these these bullying waters in these, in these places. Colossae had cold mountain water, fresh cold mountain water. Since Laodicean didn't have no water supply, they would pipe water three miles from the first place where it was boiling hot. They would pipe the cold water from Colossae into the city, but the only problem was is by the time the hot water got there, it was lukewarm. By the time the fresh, cold, brisk water got there, it was lukewarm. God looked at the church today and he said, you're just like the water in this place. He said, you're lukewarm. He said, you're not cold like Colossae, fresh, refreshing. But he said, you're not, on fire. You're not hot like the water up there. He said, you're just lukewarm. And the Bible says, I'm just going to spew you out. I wonder tonight if God would look and say, and he says, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Thou must be rich in white raiment. Thou must be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Anoint thine eyes with eyesight, thou must see. For as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Here's, don't miss this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Let me in. Will you let me in? Will you let me in? Please, let me in. He said, if you'll you'll let me in, I'll sup with you, and you can sup with me. He said, if you let me in, I can revive your heart like you've never seen. I wonder, Solid Rock Baptist Church, if he's not standing there tonight, let me in. And then he just runs us back. 
you and me that says we're saved, that are called by my name. That's who David's family. And this is tonight, so let me ask you a question. I don't care if you've heard it 10,000 times. No, better yet, would the people around you know you're saved? Would the person next to you say, well, they act like they're saved? They talk like they're saved? They got testimony they're saved? They treat me like a safe person. Oh, I, I love today. The precious lady said, let me tell you what God has done for me. And I'm saying, I said, how refreshing. Because I love those stories. When's the last time somebody's heard from you? Let me tell you what God has done for me. Here tonight, do you know Jesus? Time to get honest now. Time to get, time, time to get honest. Oh, oh, I didn't say, did you talk about somebody today? I didn't talk about, did you criticize someone today? I didn't ask you that question. I said, do you know Jesus? Because if the subject, the, the supposition is if, but the subject of revival if my people, which are called by my name, are you in that group? I want you to listen to me. All stand to your feet, every head bowed, and every eye closed. No one going anywhere unless you just have